Greetings, everyone out there. Ronnie Landis coming to you live. And so I wanted to share a bit of a transmission around something that I think is a little, it's very personal for me and can be touchy for a lot of people. And um, I wasn't originally going to come on here to share this on Facebook Live, but I was doing a little introspective um, thinking and uh, just realized like, you know what, there's no better way to process this than out in the open because it's something that uh, everybody in one one way, shape or form or another is going through, has gone through or is going to embark upon in their healing journey. And so I wanted to really just share my thoughts and feelings on one of the biggest epidemics really going on in civilization, going on in the human condition, which is um, really embracing and ultimately healing the core wounds that we all have within us. And the one that came up in particular for me was this residual wounding of unworthiness. And I had to really sit with it today you know, I'm going into my 33rd dance around the sun tomorrow, and uh, we just had the the new moon in Taurus. I'm a Taurus, Taurus slash Gemini, and uh, I just thought it was really pertinent because a lot has been amplified and magnified where the unconscious, what has been repressed and what has been in the unconscious is trying to rise up into the conscious and come into the light. And this even though we know the spiritual principles and we have the conceptual understanding for how all of this works, it's quite another thing to go through the experience. And even when you've gone through many different layers and many different personal experiences in different healing modalities, um, there's another level and another experience waiting for you and waiting for me, waiting for all of us. And when we go through these experiences, Um, Sometimes they can blindside us. Sometimes they can take us off track. Um, They can disrupt our plans and our flow of what we had planned to do, let's say, in a given day. Um, And there's a lot of interesting energies pervading our cosmos right now, pervading the universe, pervading life on planet Earth and just uh, what it means to be human and not just to be um, human in the sense of like, our humanistic day-to-day, almost mundane modes of operation, but what it means to be a fully functional, integrated, aligned, and optimized human being. And so we're going through different layers of the onion of the human condition, some of us more than others. And so for me today, a lot of things came up within me, and I really pinpointed it to this this wound and this residual pain that I felt around feeling unworthy. And it's almost hard for me to say that publicly in this way because I still I'm still kind of on the outs the, the other end of feeling that that void and feeling the 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 uh yeah feeling the void of like wow I really don't feel motivated to do things that I set out to do today to accomplish and get things done and to clear things off my table. And, um, you know, really to move forward with my goals, I'm just feeling this void. And I really realized, you know, I've been studying the work of Dr. Gabor Mate. If you don't know who he is, you definitely should take a look at his work, especially if you're going through these layers and you've been dealing with 
um, core wounds, whether that's, you know, rejection, unworthiness, um, they all really are very relative to one another. And we give them names and, and labels and try to define them and trace them back to um, prior life experiences, usually almost always traced back to our childhood in uh, some way or another. And uh, I've been studying his work a lot lately, just as a, as a professional and looking at his work, his uh, clinical work, using um, psychedelics in a clinical setting, um, in a shamanic and ceremonial setting, um, but also just his, his clinical developmental psych- psychology work. And it's been really, really powerful because, you know, the insights that have come out have just really pinpointed some things for me that I had been dealing with in certain energies that have been driving my behavior and driving almost this like manic anxiety that's come in different shapes and forms. And it's it's kind of been on the undercurrent of a lot of um, my behavior, almost, almost getting to a place of obsessive compulsiveness around certain aspects of developing a successful business and being an entrepreneur and, being a, a public figure and, and, and different things around that, feeling like I have to have a solid presence that's like daily, I'm daily present on social media and I have all these powerful insights and in, in, in things to share with people and also feeling the ebb and the flow of even wanting to be in front of a computer screen and feeling a lot of these different um, dissonant energies that have been competing with one another and feeling, you know, feeling a lot of different things, feeling that no matter how accomplished I am, no matter how many books I've written, how many lectures I've given, how many coaching clients lives that I've positively impacted and how much admiration um, and respect that I receive from other people there's been this lingering feeling of uh, not being enough, you know, not enoughness, not feeling like I've done enough, not feeling like that I'm even capable of doing enough to, to overcome this void inside of me that's rooted in a deep, deep, uh, deep pain and a deep sorrow. And ultimately what it, what it really comes down to is my feeling of being unworthy unworthy of the respect, unworthy of the admiration, unworthy of the abundance, unworthy of the love and um, the joy of life and the people that show up in my life to to shower me in that love. And, you know, a day before uh, I go into my Jesus year, my 33rd birthday tomorrow, it's just fascinating to me how all this has really come up. And um, I wanted to share this with you. I wanted to share this with everyone out there in the world that would benefit from this insight, because I think uh, we all feel this, you know, in some way. We all go through these uh, these challenges, these internal struggles, and some of us have found tools and ways to navigate through the labyrinth of our own mind and the labyrinth of our own emotional roller coaster and the the different things that are influencing that and one of the tricky spots that we can get into is trying to conceptually understand what's going on without without having a, a bodily uh process in other words um being going about it from a disembodied state where we're trying to understand it so much but we're not embodied we don't have a physical practice that allows us to actually feel the the emotion feel the feelings that are coming through 
and be absolutely present and absolutely willing to feel the current and the emotional fluctuation in the waves that happen simply because it's, it's uncomfortable. It's very, very uncomfortable to go through those waves. Um, you know, if the mind gets too invested in the process, then we can really seriously do some psychological damage to ourselves if we don't have the tools, we don't have some kind of guidance, some kind of mentorship, some kind of insight around, or I should say some kind of context for the experience. It's really important to have almost like an archetypical mythic context for the experience, because if we just have the experience and it starts to disrupt and destabilize parts of our life, that can actually throw the psyche out of balance. And a lot of people don't recover from it. A lot of people become almost like bagavons and in, in aimlessly moving throughout life with no rudder, no stability, no structure, simply because the wave caught them and threw them off through them out of balance, right? And so this has been an interesting process for me, especially over this last year. And I could recount so many different experiences, so many different examples and stories of how this process is played out in different ways. But ultimately, what it comes down to is embracing the process, embracing the totality, the fulfillment, the fulfillment, well, it's not the right word, but the totality of the experience at hand and not to disassociate, disorientate ourselves from the experience. Because if we really do want to heal, right? And I, and I imagine you watching this, if you can relate to what I'm sharing, there's probably a desire inside of you to truly heal these core wounds that drive the behaviors that create physical disharmony, that create psychological and emotional um, disconnection. One of the things that I've realized over the years, especially getting deeply connected to nature, nature being the medicine, nature being the remedy for whatever particular disharmony that I'm experiencing, ultimately that those feelings of discomfort and those wounds, if you will, are not what we think they are. You know, for example, um, if something happened to you when you were a child, maybe you were four or five, and you can't quite recollect it, you can't quite remember it, because when you were that age, and you had a traumatic experience, it created a disassociation, because when you're a child, and your nervous system is still developing, you're not able to process the full experience physically you can't physically process it and move it out the way that the way that that would be the case you know for an, an animal for example gets chased down by a gazelle or a, a deer or something gets chased down by a predator and then they get away if you observe them what they do once they're safe is that they shake it off they go through this cathartic release and they shake off their nervous system all that the stress hormones that had been produced and accumulated in the nervous system, there's about maybe a 10, 20, 30, two minute type of process that happens. And then they release cathartically all the stress hormones that were created. And then when you watch them, 
they reset and then they go back to their business. Well, us as humans, it works the same way. However, most of us did not get these, did not get that kind of insight when we were young. So the stress hormones and the fear and the, the, call it the unworthiness or the abandonment or the rejection that actually gets imprinted into our nervous system and becomes autumn, um, automated. It becomes, um, uh, what's the word? Um, autonomic in our autonomic nervous system. It actually becomes an automated default response to particular events that mimic the traumatic experience that was never resolved. And in Dr. Gabor Mate's definition, he deals a lot with addiction. And I started really listening to his definition of addiction or addictive patterns. And it really, it really sparked some insights around this whole phenomenon of you know being addicted to a particular substance, being addicted to food, being addicted to drugs, recreational or pharmaceutical, being addicted to alcohol, being addicted to um, sex and pornography, being addicted to um, stress, being addicted to workaholism, whatever, you know, there's a million different things that you could, you could link the word addiction to. And one of the things that he, one of the distinctions he said is that a trauma, a traumatic experience is not actually a trauma. It's the disconnection that a human being feels after the traumatic experience has occurred. So this is really important thing when we go through emotional release work and we really get deep into this process because a lot of times the mind will associate the feeling, the traumatic feeling, the, the repressed and unresolved trauma, and it will link it to the traumatic experience. And then we keep reliving that the experience, the event that catalyzed the feeling, but we keep retracing it. And it's like we keep reliving and we keep re-experiencing something that might have happened to us um, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And so this keeps the repetitive cycle of trauma occurring without actually dealing with the trauma itself. And the trauma is the disconnection that we feel as a byproduct of the event. So it's actually not about the event anymore. We don't actually have to go back and do past life. I mean, not to say that you don't ever do that. I'm just saying that to get out of that repetitive hamster wheel of healing but never really healed of processing, but never really processed that goes on all that you can even see just just take a look at the 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 energy signature in those words i'm healing i'm going through a healing. How many times have people said that i've been on a ten year plus healing journey, but they've never really healed. It's very rare that I come across people that actually tell me that they healed themselves, even if they physiologically healed a cancer or obesity or a diabetic condition or an autoimmune condition. It's the rare conscious and aware individual that actually says, I've healed. And a lot of times they won't even say that because true healing is ultimately forgetting that you were ever in pain to begin with. That's really what healing really is. If you really want to get down to it, it's 
it's actually move. It's completely resolving those patterns, those imprintations to the point where you, you almost forget that you were ever in pain and that's called transformation, right? It's one thing to go through transforming, but then it's another thing to have actually transformed. And that's where you become the next level of yourself. You become a new being and an embodied being where the old self, the old identity, the old wounds and patterns and imprintations have actually released completely, right? This is deep stuff. The, the way that we are, the patterning and imprintations that are patterned inside our physiology, our neurophysiology and our emotionality and our psyche is very, very deep. So I'm trying to to simplify and distill and almost demystify some of these these very um, complicated explanations because I have been diving deep into this for you know 12, 13, maybe 15 years, um, 10 years as a professional in the holistic healing field. And just now I'm getting new insights, new revelations around all this through my own personal experience. So, you know, let's go back to that example of a traumatic event versus an actual trauma. If we keep thinking about the event, but we don't process the trauma, which is the emotional cat, it's the emotional imprint that's, that's in our nervous system, that's in our physical tissues, right? Your issues are in your tissues, right? We've probably heard that before. If we don't deal with that, and we don't have a cathartic release process that actually allows us to go all the way through and to release all the way out. And then an integration process that allows us to integrate the new patterns, the new habits, the new psychological um, uh, uh, thought, not thought patterns, but the new psych, the new psychology, the new you, essentially, if we don't have an integration in, in crossing the bridge type of process, then we revert back into old patterns. It's just, it's just what happens because you can't create a void. The human system, life, the universe in of itself, as above, so below, you can't create a void because that void will get filled up like a vacuum. It'll fill back up with the last reference point that it had. So we have to create new references, new connective tissue to connect us to that next stage of growth and evolution and transformation. Hopefully that makes sense. So I want to also bring up another distinction that uh, Dr. Mate made, which I really resonated with. And I was like, yep, I've been looking at that for years and that's so spot on. And it's basically his definition of addiction is something along the lines of any pattern, any habit, doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter if it's coffee, it's tobacco, it's marijuana, it is recreational or street drugs, it is um, pornography and sex and, and hyper-sexualization of, of everything, um, it's, it's whatever you want to call it, it's any pattern or behavior or substance that we use to disassociate ourselves from our pain. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. In your life right now, do you have an addictive pattern? Now, here's the key. It's not about the pattern. It's not about the behavior itself. It's not the coffee that's the problem. It's not the cigarettes. It's not the 
the fast food. It's not the pornography in of itself. That's the actual problem. It's the intention and motivation that those behaviors are linked to that creates a problem because ultimately what the, what the addictive tendency is, is us reaching outside of ourselves to feel connected, right? We are feeling disconnected internally and we're reaching outside of ourselves to get some kind of stimulation or to f- this feeling of connection. And ultimately what that is, is an avoidance of why we feel disconnected in the first place. This is why nature is the the greatest healing medicine of everything. All the greatest avatars, philosophers, um, physicians, and um, you know alchemists, and, and and everyone you can think of throughout history and in the modern day, talk about nature. You got to get into nature. You got to become one with nature. The four quadrants of transformation in my particular model that I'm developing called the avatar embodiment process. There's four quadrants of transformation, which is the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual body. And all those bodies, those proverbial bodies that exist within us are linked by the signature of our soul. And when we feel disconnected from that soul signature, why we are here, it's cosmic literacy. If we feel cosmically illiterate and we don't know why we're here and we can't quite access the calling of our soul, then the rest of these these quadrants become disintegrated in a sense. They become disassociated and we feel dislocated from one another. We feel that there's parts inside of us that are dislocated and we can't quite figure out why we can't quite put our finger on it because we have other external behaviors we're using as a crutch to feel something. And so if we feel numb and we feel disconnected throughout our life, we have coping mechanisms and numbing strategies or, or stimulation strategies to help us feel something when underneath all of that, what we should be feeling is the repressed emotions that we haven't been able to access or we had no guidance. We didn't even know that we had trauma because it was repressed. It was in our unconscious. And so we've just been going on about life the way society has dictated. And I want to say something about this too. And this tri- this goes back to the importance of getting grounded in nature. The reason why we have an ocean of insanity within civilization is because of civilization. It's because of the city environment. It's because essentially society is insane. It actually is. There, it's just like an, it's a pool of insanity. And we try to contort and fit ourselves into the insanity. And we actually become a little insane by doing that. And the only way to get our sanity back is to get inside what's going on within us, to actually disassociate from society as it, as it were and how we're contorting ourselves to fit into it and to start getting an objective, non-biased kind of perspective by stepping out of that and getting into what's going on within ourselves without substance catalysts. You know, 
and and things like um, you know you know entheogens and psychedelic mind manifesting um, substances with guidance with the set and setting with the proper guidance and facilitation are absolutely powerful. But that even that in of itself can become an addictive pattern because people that haven't haven't been able to access what's really going on within them that is the core issue at hand. They get glimpses and they have these momentary kind of feelings of connection and it's really powerful, but they get addicted to the peak experience and then they associate the substance as the reason for the experience. So instead of doing the integration work and using that experience as a bridge to go into you know, transcendental meditation to go into internal processing and moving that energy and feeling that energy and letting it process through us and getting in our body and really, really doing that, that internal work. We sometimes people will jump right into getting back to that peak experience. It's the same thing with coffee. Think about it. Coffee is one of the biggest drugs going and it's not the coffee. That's the problem. Again, it's not actually the coffee. Everyone, different people are functional at different levels with that particular stimulant. However, it's the motivation and the intention. And are we using that as a way to stimulate our prefrontal brain and to get work done and keep doing a job that we don't really like, but we have our coffee and it gets us through it and to keep living an inauthentic life? Or, or do we recognize that that substance is keeping us from where the real work lies. It's keeping us from what's really going on under the surface that we may feel uncomfortable with and we may be avoiding our own healing. And this is why people go through the perpetual loop of healing, 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 but never really healed, never truly healed. Are stimulants, by the way, are they bad? No. You know, that, that's a whole different subject. I want to make that disclaimer because then you have a lot of people in the health world are like, oh, it's a stimulant. That means it's bad. That means it's bad for you. Not necessarily. It's, it's all about the user. It's all about how somebody uses a tool and how functional they are and how clear and conscious and aware they are of why they're using a tool. If I have a hammer, I know what to do with a hammer. I'm not, if I have a hammer, the whole world doesn't look like nails to me and I'm not trying to hammer everything, right? But if I have a hammer, that's a functional tool that I can use for particular purposes and I'm not addicted to the hammer, right? I don't try to bang everything and, and that becomes my, my, my model of the world or the thing that I'm holding on to because it keeps me functional um, in my reality. I can put the hammer down whenever I want right? It's the same kind of thing. Um, so anyways, tra tracing all this back to the core wounds of unworthiness, one of the things came up for me is that I had just been, I had just been um, with everything that I know and I'm sharing with you and I do the work regularly, I realized that the work that I have been doing is not enough for the next level of my evolution, the next level of my conscious growth and my own personal awareness and my own ability to sit with the discomfort because I have been using the computer. I've been using the phone. I've been using social media. I've been using um, a lot of different things that have positive benefit for other people. But I realized in my pursuit to help other people and to show up and, and share information and really be of service to other people, I was somehow masking 
my own internal disarray, my own internal healing that hadn't fully completed itself. And I thought that I could just help heal the world and that would take care of it. And to some level, there, there is truth to that. But ultimately, it's still the same conversation, right? And I'm not saying that healing happens in a day. I'm not saying that once you get this and you, you shake, you go through the process that everything is cleared. It's a continual process. It actually healing has to be just as much about healing practices and modalities have to be just as much a part of your daily lifestyle as cleansing and detoxification in the physical body has to be part of your daily lifestyle because of the level of toxicity and pollution in our environment. Same thing with civilization. If you are in a city, you are being affected by stress. I mean, I'm in Hawaii and I'm being affected by stress all the time. So it's like you can't really escape it, but you have to be able to recognize it and embrace it and get to the reality. Stop disassociating from reality with fantasies that we create an ideology that isn't rooted in what is the reality of my life right now? How am I avoiding reality and creating fantasies and almost like phantom-like situations that are causing me to disassociate from what's in front of me, right? What's going on in front of me? What's going on inside of me? What are the results of my life? What, what are the patterns? And are they leading me to where I want to go? Or are they subduing me and causing me to be in this push and pull type of relationship with life? And are they causing internal struggle, internal stress, and this, this feeling that I'm never really getting anywhere? I'm never, no matter what I do, it's never good enough. And the moment you catch that, the moment you catch that, now you know. Now you know what the real issue is. Now you know what you're motivating, your behaviors are being motivated by. And that internal struggle comes from, oftentimes it comes from a noble desire to positively affect the world and to help other people. But sometimes the, the, the wound, the trauma can drive our behavior and actually create more stress and cause us to feel like the world is on our shoulders when in fact that's an illusion. That's a concept right? That the world is on our shoulders and we can actually create a self, a self, um, a perpetual, a self-inflicted perpetual cycle based on a concept that we created. And it actually, it's part of a victim complex. Like the victim wants to change the world because then they'll feel safe in a world that doesn't feel safe. So they have to go out and change the world because ultimately they feel like a victim to reality, to the world. And instead of changing themselves, they have to change everybody out, out there in the world. And that's a noble desire on one level, level. And then it's also a victimization of the world as it is on another level. And you have a lot of people out there that are trying to change the world and trying to change other people, but they're not changing themselves respective to the world that has been presented to them. So when we start to do the work internally and we really deal with these core wounds, we really deal with our dissatisfaction for life. We really deal with all the, the, the internal struggle and stress that's been created in our body. And we have modalities and practices and we devote ourselves to our meditation, to 
yoga or to movement practices, to our health and our nutrition, our lifestyle and our cleansing. And we devote ourselves to healthy, harmonious, compassionate relationships. We devote ourselves to the transformation of ourselves. The world starts to reflect and change the holographic nature in reflection to who we're becoming. Now, when that happens and you start to notice it, you have different you have an ability to make different choices. You have an ability to take advantage of different opportunities. You see what I'm saying? It's a self-reflective type of reality that we're living in. And if we're trying to change everything out there because we don't really feel safe in here, then you know that's a hamster wheel leading to perpetual suffering and um, you know never ever feeling safe, right? So ultimately, change happens from within, and um, and it would really benefit everybody on the path of healing and, and growth and transformation to really take a good look at themselves and feel like, you know, if I'm getting triggered or I'm getting um, reactive or I'm getting stressed, you know, we get caught up in situations just, you know, I get caught up just like today I got caught up in stuff, but I caught myself. I'm like, wow, you're getting really upset over little things. You're getting really upset over traffic and over uh, just little things. But I caught myself. I was like, okay, Ronnie, okay, back to normal, back to balance. And then I started to realize, okay, why am I getting stressed? Why am I getting so upset? The world just is what it is. So it's not because of the world or other people. It's because of something inside of me that um, has not been allowed to fully come out and to be recognized. And so I just started asking different questions. What is it inside of me that is in disarray, that's in disharmony and is manifesting in uh, anger and frustration and impatience? And so if you can start to simply just start asking yourself those kind of questions, um, you'll have different answers. And you will no longer be a victim to circumstances because it's never about the circumstances anyways. It's about what's going on within you and how can you navigate the labyrinth of your own internality and start to, um, you know, start to move energy appropriately. How can you design and architect your lifestyle in a way that is more authentic and more based in the truth of who you are and the truth of where you're at right now? Instead of putting on, uh, you know, a happy face, if you're not happy, it's, you know, it's great to smile. And I encourage us to smile more. But sometimes that's not where we're at. And that's okay. And if we avoid that or pretend ourselves out of it, because we only want to focus on love and light, and we don't want to acknowledge that there is darkness. And there's a there's a there's a dualistic nature to the human condition in the world at large. And we don't integrate the two polarities of existence, then that's the quickest road towards, uh, you know, depression and sorrow and sadness and this perpetual dissatisfaction with life. If we're only focused on positive thinking, that is the quickest way towards suffering. I'm telling you, it's, it's not the way to go. You have to have it balanced and you have to be integrated with the darkness, with the sadness, with the sorrow, with the dissatisfaction, because that's actually more important than just looking at the light. The light is great, but the light is only as useful as its ability to illuminate the darkness and the things that we don't want to look at because they're uncomfortable. But if you look at it 
it will start to reform itself and start to work for you. And you can actually see the truth of how things have manifested in your life. And then you have the choice to do something about it. Bingo. So that's where I want to leave off on this message. Um, You know, I appreciate all of you for tuning in and I hope this was full of value for you on your journey right now. I'm going into my 33rd dance around the sun and uh, I'm going to take the time I need to really be grounded in nature, get sun, get into the water, get into um, the, the holy vibrations of uh, what's emitting from nature. I highly encourage you wherever you are in the world to do the same thing. Make that a priority. It's essential for your health, not just physically, but psychologically and emotionally and spiritually. And uh, focus on loving, harmonious relationships. Focus on what you want to create in the world and devote yourself relentlessly, unapologetically, non-negotiably to the habits, the thought patterns, the emotional states, and the the spiritual guidance that it will take to become all that you can be and to get out of the perpetual cycle of healing and get to being healed, get out of processing to get to processed. And a lot of times that's just speaking your truth. That's just saying what you've been repressing, having a conversation with someone and actually saying what you mean and what you want to say. And as quickly as that, you can go from processing to processed, good, done, ready to move on. So with all that said, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope this was helpful and I'll see you in the next iteration, the next download.